This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Y'all glad to be here tonight? How many of you believe that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world? How many of you are still thinking about it? Amen. The Bible says greater. Everybody say greater. greater. Say it one more time. Greater. greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I tell you what, I'm so glad, praise God. You know, people would have maybe thought that what Jesus did was reckless. You know, when you think about the peoples who stood in the shadows and conspired against him and worked literally to try to kill him, and yet, praise God, because of the love of God, he went on, praise God, he said, are there not 12 hours in the day? If you walk in the light, it's no problem. And he went about to do the Father's business and to fulfill divine purpose. Hallelujah. So like I said, you know, folks, I, you know, when Jesus was talking to Peter, for example, he said, you know, in three days, he said, uh, he said um, they're going to take my life. And after three days, I'll rise again, you know. And Peter, un- unknowingly, witlessly, you know, said, oh, Jesus, that could never happen to you. And he said, get thee behind me, Satan, because you savor us not the things which be of God. In other words, you know, we, want, we don't want to be so reckless, you know, to, to, to allow something like that or whatever. Because Peter didn't understand. He, didn't, he wasn't on the same page. You know, when they were in Gethsemane, you know, I mean, dude, I mean, when, when, it, when they got down to, you know, the short rows, what I call, you know, where they were about ready to apprehend him, and, and you know, Peter, man, he pulls out the sword and starts going to town, you know, because he was thinking about a natural kingdom and that Jesus was going to be the king of that kingdom. And um, so he just, he didn't understand. How many of you know sometimes we don't understand? But thank God we can learn. Glory to God. And we can know exactly what the plan and the purpose that God has for us if we'll just learn to walk in the light of his word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Now, you know, I know it's a Wednesday night, but I come to preach, and so you guys better get your, buckle up your seatbelts, because uh, I'm, I'm going uh, to require your involvement. Is that all right? Huh? Come on now. Praise God. I mean, we're, we're, we're supposed to be spirit-filled people. Huh? You know? It says, be not drunk with wine, we're into success, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always. Glory to God. How many of you got a thankful heart? You know, you're not all grumpy, are you? Come on. You know, you don't have, you know, bone to pick. You don't want to, you know, get all fussy and whatever. Praise God. Yeah. Amen. Glory to God. We're living in the last days. Jesus is coming again. I'm getting prepared for his coming. How about you? If I'm looking for him, I don't get myself too concerned about everything else that's going on in the world. Huh? Amen. Amen? You know, when you're in an airport, you know, all you're looking at is that thing up there, and you want to know when your plane's going to depart, and you want to make sure that you're at the gate you need to be. You don't care about the other five million people that are trying to find their way. You're just wanting to get where you need to be when the time comes so that they say embark and you get on. Huh? Praise God. So as believers and as children of God, we need to do just that. So anyway, let's go ahead and open our Bibles to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31. Excuse me. Jeremiah, chapter 31. Glory to God. Amen. 
Jeremiah 31. And if you, you know, want to, you're welcome to go ahead and find Joel 2, Joel chapter 2, because we're going to be looking at both these scriptures. Jeremiah 31. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you tonight about walking in his fullness. How many of you know God wants you to walk in his fullness? How about the other rest of you? I mean, we had three that said yes, but how about the rest of you? He wants you to walk in his fullness. There are things that he has done that he wants you and I to take advantage of. Praise God. And so we're going to, help, we're going to, we're going to work to give definition to that this evening. Glory to God. Because Jesus made this statement. He said, the thief comes but to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I came so that you could have life and have it more abundantly. Abundant life, you know? So when he talks about the word having life and life more abundant, he's not talking about just eternal life. A lot of people think, well, you know, he came so that we could have eternal life. And that's true. Yes, there is that, that, that quantity of life that Jesus came to give us, but he also came to give us a quality of life. Life as God knows it. Life as God has it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm telling you what, that's something for you ought to get excited about. Amen. So anyway, um, um, let's talk about that tonight. That'd be all right with you? That's good, because that's what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're getting ready for his coming. Yeah. Glory to God. He said, you know, when you see all these things come to pass, lift up your head, stand up straight. Hallelujah, because your redemption draws nigh. Glory to God. Hallelujah. People will often say, well, you know, you don't know about all my troubles, and you don't know what I'm dealing with, and what I need, and I don't have, and all of these different kinds of things, and, and you're probably right. But I'm telling you what, there's a God in heaven that is fully aware of everything that you need, and I tell you what, he is a provider. He, we refer to him as our father, isn't that right? So he will take a father's place to provide for those things which we have need of. But you have to believe that. You've got to believe that over what it is that's going on within your life. Because if, you, you know, if you're always singing a sad song, if you're always talking about how bad you got it, when you're you know, looking, focusing, centering in on what it is that you don't have, what God's not doing, what people aren't doing, you know, all of these different kinds of things. Listen, people are going to let you down, but God will never let you down. Are you listening to me? So we have to look to him, glory to God, to put us over in life. There are going to be disappointments. You know, there's going to be times, you know, when you'd hope for better, or people would have done this, that, or the other, but it doesn't change God. Are you listening to me? You know, uh, you may have, you know, thought about different outcomes and lots of different things, but I'm telling you what, God doesn't fall off his throne just because it doesn't turn out the way you think it should, or you'd hoped it would, or, you know, whatever. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. If a guy can't preach in this place tonight, he is not called. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Glory to God. All right, well, let's, let's look at this verse of Scripture. Look at this right here. In verse, uh, chapter 31, verse, verse 31, Jeremiah the prophet says, Behold, the days come. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank God we're in those days. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which covenant my, uh, they broke, although I wasn't husband unto them, says the Lord. Now notice verse 33, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws in their inward parts. I will write it in their hearts and, I, and will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord for they shall all Know me, hallelujah, glory to God, from the least of them unto the greatest of them, says the Lord. Now notice, for I will forgive their iniquities, and I will remember their sin no more. Now let's look at Joel chapter 2, if you can just turn over there. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. The prophet Joel is speaking, he says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. I haven't been dreaming yet, so take it easy. Your young men shall see visions. I'd rather have those. And upon the servants and also upon the servants And upon the handmaidens, in those days will I pour out my spirit. Then he went on to say that I'll show wonders in the heavens and the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before that great notable day or terrible day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered or saved. Hallelujah. And then it goes on and says some other things about that. That's some pretty good... You know, reading right there, you know, hallelujah. You don't get that out of the newspaper, do you? No, huh? not at all. Glory to God. Yeah, he said, and afterwards, it shall come to pass afterward that I'm going to pour out. Everybody say pour out. I'm going to pour out my spirit, glory to God, upon all flesh, all flesh. Everybody say that means me. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And in talking about this, walking in the fullness of God, all that, that, that God has provided for us as believers under the new covenant. Remember he said, behold, the days come and I'm going to make a new covenant, huh? With the house of Israel and so on and so forth. And he, and he describes what's going to happen when that takes place. You know, it's unfortunate, but so much of the time the body of Christ is living far below its privileges in Christ Jesus. When Christ went to the cross and rose victoriously over death, hell and the grave, he opened the door. Everybody say, open the door. In other words, his coming was for a purpose. And when he went and paid the price and rose victorious, he opened the door. Hallelujah. He opened the door to, the whole, to a whole new level and dimension of living that most Christians aren't taking advantage of. But thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God that can change. 
I said, that can change. Hallelujah. I tell you, you get a hold of this and get a hold of the reality of what it is that Christ did, and you'll be a different person. Glory to God. You won't be sad no more. You won't have a song, you know, that's down in the dumps. You'll be happy. Hallelujah. So anyway, you know, our trouble is, is that we've, all, we, we've not come to know the reality of all that the Lord Jesus has provided. And so consequently, we go through life with less than God's best. But again, thank God that can change. Aren't you glad for that? We don't have to live with less. Glory to God. We can live with more. He said, I, you know, life and life more abundantly. Isn't that what he said? Huh? And yet there, there is such significance and power that is wrapped up in these verses which represent or make reference to the new birth being born again. And then when Joel talked about being filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The, there, I mean, the, the, the power and the significance of what it is that Jeremiah and Joel said was going to come to pass is unbelievably incredible. And yet, the church is not taking hold of what it is that God has done or provided for them. We got to get this. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I mean, you know, we need to make haste, do whatever it is so that we can drill down into this and get a revelation of what it is that God has done because we need to understand these truths and walk in the light of what it is that Jesus has provided for us. So now notice again, if you go back there to Jeremiah 31 with me real quick, he said that again, behold, the day is coming or the days come that I will make a new covenant. Hallelujah. Everybody say a new covenant. Yeah, better covenant established upon better promises. He said, I'm going to make it with the house of Israel and Judah. Now, again, not according to the covenant that I made with them. You know, when he's making reference to the covenant, you know, he's talking about when he drew them out of the land of Egypt and all of that, you know, business that went on. And yet they were unfaithful, you know, even though he said I was a husband unto them. You know, I'm telling you what, it's really hard to, to get sinners to, to stay put. <laughs> you know, uh, they just get away and because they follow after their own uh, things. So here, the th here in this verse of Scripture, I want you to notice with me in these verses, notice verse 33, he said, this is going to be the covenant that I'm going to make with them after those days, says the Lord. He says, I will put my law in their inward parts. Where was the law written before? On stones, tablets, you know. Moses went up to the mountain. God gave him the Ten Commandments. It came down. He said, I'm not going to do that under this new covenant. I'm going to write it in their inward parts and on their hearts. Hallelujah. And then it won't be a thing where, you know, the priest or somebody like that is telling you, you know, to know the Lord. He said, you will all know me. Glory to God. So the thing we need to understand in this is, is that under the new covenant, the New Testament, God promised to write his laws in or on our hearts, hallelujah, and that we would know him personally. In other words, we wouldn't be going through someone like a priest or whatever, you know, in order to get to God. Under the old covenant, they had the high priest who went into the Holy of Holies once a year, and that was not, uh, not, uh, that 
not without, you know, special preparations. You know, they, 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 they tied a rope on the guy so that if he died when he got in the presence of God, they could drag him back out again. Wow, how would you like to be him? You better get it right. Huh? You know, those little dingle balls on the bottom of his skirt or whatever it is that he's wearing, those quit, you know, dancing and ringing. Houston, we got a problem. Are you listening to me? And so you understand that, you know, he, he, he is telling us that he says, they'll all know me from the least of them to the greatest. I mean to tell you, praise God, what a beautiful thing the new birth is. Anyone can be born again. And under the old covenant, no one, they had, no one had the spirit of God resting upon them. And they certainly didn't have uh, the spirit of God living in them except the prophet, the priest, and the king. So that's why they always had to go to the prophet to get their guidance, you know, what God wanted them to do. And again, you know, the priesthood and all of that, it was set up as a, as a type or a shadow of what was yet to come. Thank God you and I have the privilege of enjoying it right now. Hallelujah. We have access. Jesus' blood, glory to God, was sufficient to open the door so that you and I could come in and have a personal relationship with God the Father. But the relationship these people held with God was really a fleshly kind of relationship. I mean, they didn't have no inspiration, nothing, you know, the Spirit of God wasn't on them or in them, you know, and that's why they had all, you know, God had all these rules. He had all these rituals. He had commandments for them to keep, and they failed miserably, and so they had to offer sacrifice, and all of these, thank God, aren't you glad that Jesus was the one and only sacrifice sufficient, praise God, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and make us children of God, hallelujah. That's what happened when Jesus came to this earthbound existence. The Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, hallelujah. You know, instead of again singing this sad song about what you don't have, praise God, you ought to sing about the new creation, I'm a child of the living God. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Are you listening to me? Well, you know, that doesn't pay my bills, Pastor. Well, you know, it's a good start. You get your head in the right way. You say, how's that work? Well, you know, a lot of times people just need their attitude changed a little bit. That helps some. Glory to God. Let's raise the level, shall we? in our lives as to what it is. You know, and there again, you know, the thing is, is you listen to that song about, you know, you're, um, you know, you're the victim. You, you know, nobody ever does you any right and all these different kinds of things. Dude, you will never get anywhere. Are you listening to me? But I'm telling you, Jesus did something for you so that you don't have to be a victim, but you can be a victor. Glory to God forevermore. Can you say amen? Yeah. So now notice with me, if you would, let's go back over to Joel, and I want to read a, a little something there so that we can talk about uh, this. <clears throat> so we have the new birth. Jesus told Nicodemus, unless a man is born again or born from above, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. In other words, if we don't meet... Um, obligation isn't the right word, but if we don't um, um, agree to the terms, okay, 
of what it is that Jesus, what, what do you mean by that, Pastor? That we know that Jesus Christ is, our, is Lord and Savior. That he was born of a virgin, he came as a sacrifice, that we are sinners in need of a Savior, and that there's none righteous, no, not one, and the only access into the kingdom of heaven is through the Lord Jesus Christ and our surrender. Everybody say surrender. All your heart, all your soul, all your mind, everything, you give it to him, you repent and say, God, I'm going to walk uh, uh, this way with you. Are you with me? And interestingly enough, he knows all about your heart. You can give him lip service. You know, there's all kinds of cons in the world. They'll tell you all kinds of things, you know. But I tell you what, God knows everything from the inside out. And so, you know, I mean, I did that when I was a teenager. You know, people are telling me I need to get saved, give my heart to the Lord. I knew that what they were saying was true, but I didn't want to. You know, if I did that, then I'd have to give up all my funky, you know, lifestyle. And I, I thought that was what life was all about. And it was so stupid. I was so ignorant. And I didn't know the life that Jesus had come to give me and what it is that he offered to me. Until finally I realized, God, I need you. I'm a mess. And without you, I am nothing. He said, you're right. And when I gave my heart to him, see, God knows. You know, I walked the aisle, you know, they'd have an altar call. I'd come down, I'd stand with everybody else, you know, and everybody's, you know, clap and get all happy and whatever. But dude, I didn't give my heart to Jesus. You can go through the motion. That doesn't do anything. Are you with me? (laughs) No, it wasn't until I was driving down the road all by my little lonesome. And I said, God, I don't even know if you're out there or not, but if you are, I need you. And he knew that I knew, and he knew that I meant what I said, and he changed my life forever. Hallelujah. He did it from the inside out. You have to be born again. Now, that's one part of it, and that's good. Thank God, you know, you can get saved. But you know what? There's more. I said there's more. I said there's more. Thank God for being born again. But you know, there's another dimension that Joel gets to talking about here in chapter 2. Woo! Glory to God. That's good too. Hallelujah. And this dimension of the believer's life, I mean, man, I tell you what, if we would get into God's divine flow and cooperate with him when it comes to being filled with the Holy Ghost, I mean, our lives would absolutely be transformed. Glory to God. Look what it says here. You know, I'm I'm not making this stuff up. Here's what what the prophet said. He said, it's going to come to pass, verse 28, afterward. I find that interesting. It's kind of like, we're going to get you saved. And then afterward, you know, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Now, before you get to thinking about the fact that it's only for a certain few, it's for everybody. I'm telling you what, God is no respecter of persons. He's not going down the line and say, well, you know, Deanna, you're in, and, you know, Mary, you're out, and you're going to have to just hold off, and we'll think about you, and we'll try to get. No, man, I'm telling you what, praise God, the door is open. He said, it's going to come to pass, and I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters, he goes on and defines all of that and and says uh, 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 that whosoever shall come... uh, shall call on the name of the Lord, shall be delivered. Hallelujah. So the Bible teaches of another experience 
subsequent or separate from being born again, called being filled with, everybody say filled, filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Now, you know, when the, now when the day of Pentecost, the Bible says, was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Hallelujah. And suddenly, 120 of them, they're just hanging out. You know, they're just waiting in Jerusalem, as Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the promise. Everybody say promise. The promise of the Father. Huh? So they were all with one accord, one place. Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven, like as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Glory to God. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. You know what? If I had a needle or something, I'd just (laughs) stick you all. Hallelujah. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues set upon each of them. And the Bible says, and they, these 120 in this upper room, were all, everybody say all, They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they, everybody in that room, began to speak in an unknown tongue or language unknown to them. You know, hallelujah. And you know, when this thing, it broke out of the room out into the streets. And there were people in Jerusalem at the time, and they said, man, what is going on? These people are drunk, you know. It was only nine in the morning, you know. They partied all night. Is that what you're trying to say? You know. But see, the thing is, is that when they heard them speaking in an unknown tongue or language to, you know, that they didn't understand, the people who did understand it said, we do hear them speak in our language the wonderful works of God. Hallelujah. In other words, there was this extolling. There was this, this praise. There was this, the, these voices, praise God, that were giving honor to the king. Hallelujah. In a language that they did not know. Glory to God forevermore. So now, <clears throat> this experience that they had 51 days after Jesus' resurrection, you know, he was around for 40 you know, now in the, you know, after 40 days, he was taken up. But he told him, he said, don't you leave Jerusalem until you receive the promise of my father. Hallelujah. So they're hanging, you know. Stacy, they're just like, okay, here we are. You know, waiting on the Lord. And when that day came, praise God, everything changed. Now, with that thought in mind, you know, when that all happened and everybody was, you know, some people were mocking them and, you know, this and that and the other. There are a lot of folk that will mock you because you're spirit-filled. You know, you're a bunch of tongue talkers, you know, a bunch of holy rollers, you know, all this and that and the other. I tell you what, I wouldn't give my heritage up for nothing. Hallelujah. You'd give me, you, you couldn't even give me the world with a fence around it. Glory to God. To be filled with the Holy Ghost. To be filled with the presence of the living God. Woo, glory to God, hallelujah. So when Peter, you know, he got up, they said they're drunk. He says, these men and women are not drunk like you think, seeing that it is but the third hour, or yeah, nine o'clock in the morning, but this is that, hallelujah, which was spoken by the prophet Joel. 
So he is quoting what it is that you and I read as a text. And this is what he said. Hallelujah. He said, it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see vision. Your old men will dream dreams. And on my manservants and maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they're going to prophesy. And I'll show wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And the, and the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and the awesome day of the Lord. And it is going to come to pass that whoever will call on the name of the Lord is going to be saved. Hallelujah. We're already seeing it. We see these total eclipses. My wife and I drove to God only knows where so that we could get in the best spot to see this eclipse. Where would we end up? I mean to tell you it was wild. Somewhere down there. You know? No. Was it... Yeah, it was in Nebraska someplace. You know, and so we're in a parking lot, you know, with a you know, lounge chair. And we got these glad you buy the glasses, you know, so you can, you know, how many of you know what I'm talking about? That came to pass. And everything got weird, you know, because it got dark in the middle of the day. We've had all these blood red moons. You know, the people have been talking about just um, um, last month, we had the star of Bethlehem right there. I'm telling you, there are signs that are telling us that the king is coming again. Glory to God. So when he tells you about being born again, when he tells you about being filled with the Holy Ghost, then I tell you what, you ought to listen up. You ought to listen up. You ought to listen up. Because I'll tell you what, your life could be a whole lot different if you just obey him. Woo! Aren't you glad you came tonight? Thank you, Jesus. You know, when Jesus rose from the dead on the third day, the Bible tells us as a testimony and a witness to the occurrences of things that happened that day, that in the temple, behind the veil, where the Holy of Holies was, you know, again, this is all a type and a shadow of, you know, whatever. That that veil was rent or ripped from top to bottom. Now, I don't know this much about it as a historian, but yet right on the other hand, others have said that that, that, that curtain, that veil was four inches thick. Huh? So, so God ripped that thing in half and he opened the door for the church to be born. Glory to God. You know, and, and, and what we have sometimes with people is like, come on, praise God now. Let's read the Word of God. Let's find out what's going on here. Am I in the right house? Hallelujah. Turn with me to John chapter 4, John's Gospel in the New Testament, chapter 4. Y'all glad you came tonight? Look right here with me, if you would, please. John chapter 4. Hallelujah. Praise God, I tell you, if you're, if you're a candidate for the baptism of the Holy Ghost or if you're a candidate to get saved, tonight would be a good night. I said it would be a good night. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. I'm talking to you. I'm telling you tonight would be a good night. You know, what we got to do? Get some dynamite out, man? Huh? Light the match. Look with me in John chapter 4. Look at verse 9. Hallelujah. This is, before you read that, you remember in this story that uh, 
Jesus, in his earthly ministry, was uh, going from village to village, and, and um, he stopped at Jacob's well there, and the disciples went into town to get something to eat, and he was sitting there, and there was a woman of Samaria that came to draw water, and Jesus asked her for a drink. Now, notice in verse 9, it says, then, then said the woman of Samaria to him, he says, how is it that you being a Jew are asking me of a drink? which am a woman of Samaria, for the, de- uh, the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. If you think racial problems are, are some kind of a new thing, I got news for you. It's been around forever. You know, and she was, she was amazed that he would even talk to her. Now notice what it says in verse 10. Jesus answered and said to her, well, if you knew the gift of God, everybody say the gift of God. If you knew the gift, everybody say gift. Yeah, the, if you knew about the gift of God and who it is that says to you, hallelujah, give me to drink, you would ask of him and he would give you, what's those next two words? Living, 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 living water. You know, people, the Bible talks about people, it says if, our, if the gospel be hid, it is hid to those that are lost. I never knew I was lost. You know, as a kid growing up, as a teenager, you know, 15, 16, 18 years old, I didn't know I was lost. I didn't know. Nobody told me I was lost. But you know, if you don't know Jesus, you're lost. And the God of this world Satan has blinded the minds of those who don't believe so that the glorious gospel will not shine in their life. That's why he gave birth to the church so that you and I can testify that God is real, that Jesus came, that he bled and died and rose again for you. Glory to God. That's what he did. So in this verse of scripture here, She said, if you'd ask of him, he'd give you living, 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 living water. And then she's, you know, she's thinking about it naturally, and she's going, hey, man, I'm I'm all about that. I'm getting tired of going back and forth to this well. Give me some of that stuff. But you don't have anything to draw from. I mean, draw with. So how's that work? Look at verse 14. He said, but whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him, in other words, he's making a distinction Uh, Let's back to 13. Jesus said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him. Everybody say in him. It'll be in him. Where did he say he was going to write his laws? In our inward parts, huh? It'll be in him a well of water springing up, glory to God, unto everlasting life. Glory to God. So he says here to this woman, he said, if you'd ask of me, I'd give you living water, and you never thirst. When you get born again, praise God, he gives you living water, doesn't he? How many of you think you got living water? Amen. Praise God. Eternal life. It comes through Jesus Christ. Now, so he said it'll be a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now, in chapter 7, if you want to run over there, you can real quick. In chapter 7, John, Jesus is speaking. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, and he said this, If anyone thirsts, see, water is a type of the Holy Ghost. Are you with me? 
He said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly or heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spake uh, or spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus hadn't been yet glorified. So I want you to notice in chapter 4, he talks about a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And then in chapter 7, he's talking about out of your belly or your innermost being shall flow rivers, hallelujah, of living water. Well, you know, a well is intended to bless you. But I mean, if you've got rivers of living water flowing out of you, then it's to bless others. So one is for the individual, the other, or one is for the individual, the other is for people. Are you listening to me? The equipping that comes from heaven, the enablement that he provides for us. Glory to God. So, you know, now let's, I was, as I was preparing for this, and I hadn't, this is an original thought. I had never thought about this before in my life. But here's the thing you need to understand, and it's not that profound, so don't get all jazzed up, although it has relevance. I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking about this, and all of a sudden I realize the Holy Ghost has been given to the church as a supply. Everybody say supply. The Holy Ghost has been given to the church as a supply for victorious living. But few really take advantage of it and and know very little about it. I'm telling you what, you guys, Jesus turned the corner, man, when he came up out of that grave and opened up that door for you and I as believers. Glory to God. And I tell you what, we need to take advantage of everything that is available to us. Can you say amen? Amen. It becomes imperative, you know, to the full dimension of what it is that he's provided. As a believer, we want to have a a, a full measure of, of what is available to us or at our disposal in order for us to be able to live victoriously. Everybody say victoriously. I tell you, that's the thing that attracted me. I mean, I knew I needed Jesus, and I would have lived any way he wanted me to live and whatever you know the outcome of that was. But, man, when I found out that Jesus came and gave his life so that I wouldn't have to be defeated, I got excited. Hallelujah. That I'd get out from underneath a curse, that I wouldn't always, you know, be under the thumb of the devil, always behind, never having enough, always, you know, in the back seat someplace, you know, and, and just not, not getting ahead. Man, I'm telling you, it's so beautiful what it is that he's done to give people an abundant life. Now, sometimes you got to get rid of your flaky, funky friends. Sometimes you got to get rid of all the junk you got going on in your life because it's destroying you. Huh? Come on. I mean, man, I'm telling you, if you want it, it's available. God made it possible for the child of God to live victoriously where you're not bound by sin, dominated by it. Sin has a consequence. The Bible does say, you know, it has pleasure for a season, but then afterwards, dude, the chickens all come home to roost. You know what I mean by that? The results or the consequences of it, they show up. So hallelujah. So as a believer, we want to, I want to take a full advantage of what's available to me, don't you? Come on now. So what we got to do is we got to find out what that means. 
You know, I mean, what, I mean the, the, the full scope or orb of, of what it is that Jesus has done so that we can get after it. Are you with me? You know, I, I, I think of it this way, you know, for Christians and believers, uh, trying to think of an example. I've got a, a pressure sprayer, you know, and uh, how many of you know that when you, you use a pressure sprayer, it's a lot better than, you know, it's a, you know what I'm saying? Well, sometimes that, the pump won't prime because it's got air in it. So you've got to get the air out, you know, because otherwise it's kind of like, you know. But when you get that air out and that thing's fully primed, baby, then we got 3,000, 3,200 pounds of pressure and about three and a half gallons a minute just going through this thing and we're going to town. Are you listening to me? You know, it's just like you, you know, I mean, you get in a car and, you know, you're driving down the road or something of that nature, you know, and the, and the engine, if, if your engine's starved of fuel, you know, maybe the, the fuel filter or something, you know, gets plugged or whatever. I mean, you can push on the foot feet all you want, dude. It ain't going to do nothing until you get that thing opened up, hallelujah, so that there can be a full flow. I mean, full throttle, baby. Wow. Are you listening to me? And that's the way people live their lives. They got their, their filters all plugged. You know what I'm saying? You don't want that. My wife and I, we fly this little light airplane, you know, it's turbocharged. So one of the things, you know, when you get out on the runway and you're getting ready to take off, uh, there's, there's specific things that you're looking at because you want to make sure that this thing is making full power. As a matter of fact, when we bought it, when we bought it, we bought it in California, we were flying it back and got it out on the runway, you know, and we, you know, we poured the coal to this thing. And, and the thing that should happen is, is that the manifold pressure ought to be pushed up, clear up to 31, two inches. And it's like, you know, and then finally, you know, it kind of come around, but you know, that's not right. Everybody say, that's not right. And you don't want that on takeoff. Are you listening to me? Well, all it was is there was some little orifice in this hose that went to something, you know, and, and so what it, 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 I don't need to get in all the mechanical part of it, but it, it wouldn't open up the wastegate so that it could get some air and go. But we got that fixed. Huh? So when I take off, and my wife has asked me a million questions about this, that, and the other, and I just say, hey, hold off till we get, you know, where we want to go. She wants to know, and that's okay. You know, I'm looking at manifold pressure, fuel flow, I want the airspeed indicator to come alive. I want to make sure, you know, that everything's kind of going like it's supposed to. Why? Because I want full power on takeoff. So that when, you know, we get to, you know, the rotate speed, baby, we're going up. Are you listening to me? Well, if you're, if you're doing it halfway or less, I don't think I want to fly with you. Are you listening to me? And that's the way people's spiritual lives are. I mean, God has made all this stuff available for them. They're going, oh, no, 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 I don't know about that. I mean, you know, I heard. Dude, you got to get rid of your doubt and unbelief, your fears and all the other junk that you're thinking about. Huh? If you're going to fly the friendly skies of Jesus... And you're going to have to you're going to have to get some things straightened out in your thinking. Are you with me? So many aren't taking advantage of being filled with the Holy Ghost and not yielding to them, you know, to Him uh, for their own benefit. Dude, it would do you good. 
The Bible says, again, being filled with the Spirit. You know, when, when after the praise and worship, and I invite you to come and lift your voices to me, and, you know, not to me. <laughs> That's real wrong. Okay, you know, lift your voices to Him. Huh? With me. With me. Not to me. With me. You know, some of our efforts are so feeble. After Angel Lauren, you know, hallelujah. What a, what a shame. He's worthy of all of our praise. And you say, well, you know, and I don't mean to get after you, but that's just the way it is. And I'll tell you why that is, because we let our flesh dominate us. Some of you, you know, you don't lift up your voices to God. The only time you do it is when the pastor's putting the heat on you, and you get a little blah, 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 blah. You know, I tell you what, there's places that we could go in the Spirit of God with a divine flow of the Spirit of God if people would get in. Are you with me? It's like me taking off my wife on an airplane, dude. If I got an anchor thrown out back, you know, someplace, you know, uh, uh, guess what? This is not going to be an enjoyable flight. Are you with me? And that's the way it happens with a lot of folks. They say, well, you know, God never moves. And, you know, I'm just, you know, kind of whatever and blah, 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 blah. You know, dude, you might want to give some consideration about what you're doing to make that happen. Principally speaking, you know, with Israel, you know, there were 12 spies that went out there, looked over the land, two of them come back and said, hey, let's get after it. We can do it. Ten of them said, no. They threw the anchor out the back window and said, there ain't no way, they're bigger than us and we'll never make it. And the Bible says it made the heart of those people melt. And guess what? They all died in the wilderness because of it. Huh? They could have been gone. I tell you, you can't let your flesh dominate you, man. The Bible says, let everything that has breath praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. you got to quit worrying about what people think. Well, I don't want to be associated with that group. I'm telling you, if there's anybody that's flowing in the Spirit of God and lifting up the name of Jesus, I'm in. Are you listening to me? Well, you know, my friends won't like it. You don't, they aren't your friends anyway, dude. Get rid of them. They're not helping you. Huh? Come on. Get the car running, honey. They're starting to shift on me. <clears throat> people... People, I'm talking about believers, they are sold the lie by the devil to be afraid of speaking with other tongues. You know, maybe they heard, well, you know, that's speaking, of the tongue, speaking with tongues is of the devil. There's a mainline denominational church. That's, their, that's part of their doctrinal uh, approach to um, this thing called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They need to reread their Bibles. Are you listening to me? Huh? Speaking with other tongues is, of, is not of the devil. I served the devil faithfully for 19 years, and he never, if anybody should have been a candidate to speak with other tongues, it would have been me, because I served the devil big time. Huh? Tongues is from heaven. It's a heavenly gift. You say, well, what good is it? Well, the Bible says, you, beloved, building up yourselves upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. That's just one verse of Scripture. Another one says that we a lot of times don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit takes hold together with us against whatever we're dealing with, hallelujah, with groanings which cannot be uttered. I mean, the Holy Ghost can help you if you would just let Him. Am I in the right house? Yes. Amen. Say, so I still don't know about that. Well, all right, hang on, just, just stay there. You know, now, if you're like me, when I got saved, I got saved under a Campus Crusade for Christ, okay? 
Bill Bright was the uh, leader of that, or founder, I guess you would say. And, and in their theology, they said that when you're born of the Spirit of God, you receive the Holy Spirit, you know, and he's, He comes to dwell in you, and that's all there is. Okay? Sounds plausible. But the thing is, is I got saved in August of uh, 75, and about nine months later, somebody approaches me about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I did the same thing, put the brakes on, tried to talk them out of it, me out of it, everybody else out of it. Well, too late for them, they're already filled. Huh? In other words, they ate the banana. See, I don't believe in those bananas. I mean, you know, I've never tasted one. I don't know really what they're like, but I don't think they're a good thing. Dude, when you already ate the banana, it doesn't matter. Huh? Well, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, actually, I didn't. You know, I mean, he prayed for me, and, you know, I had a few syllables, and it was all, like, kind of gibberish to me, you know. But it's in the Bible, Stacy. I mean, it's right there. And I thought, man, i got to find out what's true about this. So I took three days, man, and I just scoured the New Testament. And I tell you what, praise God, at the end of three days, I come out with a glorious conclusion that there is a baptism in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, and I've been doing it ever since. Hallelujah. I can't, I, I can't even begin to imagine pastoring a church without the Holy Ghost. There's things that we know not what to pray for as we ought, but I tell you what, glory to God, he'll take hold together with you, and you can pray the thing out, and you can cause, man, I mean heaven and earth to be moved. And you could do the same thing in your own personal life if you had it. If you didn't have the brakes on, come on. A lot of things could be different in people's lives. I tell you what, praise God, you gotta, you gotta be like, you gotta be as smart as a hog. You know, when, when, when you hear the, 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 the bucket with the food, you know, coming, <laughs> you're after it. I use that illustration all the time. When I was a little kid growing up, man, we had this wood fence and the hogs were on the other side. And they had a trough, you know, made out of two by 12s. And that trough was in a V shape. And it, it came, it was in the, the lot. And it came underneath the fence about, I'd say about that far. Why? Because you didn't want to be in the pen when you fed them. So we had this slop barrel, you know, and it had, I don't know, some kind of whatever mixture to it. Take a five-gallon bucket, pour, you know, dip it down in there. And we would take that, and, and uh, when they heard the lid of that barrel come off, I'm telling you what, dude, there was movement. Oh, 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 oh. I mean, they're on their way. Because why? It's time to eat. And so we'd take that five-gallon bucket, and we'd pour it in on this side of the fence, and it would run down into the you know, uh, uh, lot or the pan or whatever you want to call it for them to be able to eat. And I mean, man, praise God. I mean, they would just be all over it. They'd get up in, you know, the thing. I mean, just trying to take up room so that they could, you know, whatever. I wish people are that hungry for the spirit of God. Huh? It's one thing, praise God, you can be a glutton about. Thank God for the Holy. Everybody say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Woo, glory to God. So, where was I? I was talking about the fact that people say, well, that's all you get, you know, when you're born of the Spirit of God. That's not all you get. The, the, the disciples, for example, there's just one example. I could show you a lot of them. But the disciples, you know, the Bible says that Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost after he was resurrected, okay? And that's when the church was born. And that's when they got born again. 
Spirit of God came upon them and in them and dwelt in them. Their lives were changed. But you know, he appeared uh, to the disciples and others, you know, over that 40-day period. But before he's going, he said, now I want you to stay or wait in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of my Father. He said, you shall receive power. Everybody say power. Power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be witnesses to me and so on and so forth. So they waited another 11 days until the day of Pentecost had fully come, and then God poured this thing out. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So I don't know about you, dude, but I'm in. I said, I'm in. I may not understand it. I mean, you know, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I didn't understand it. You know, I thought, man, this is this strange, okay? It's really strange. But you know, when I pray in other tongues, I get edified, not in my head. My body doesn't change, but I tell you what, something on the inside of me, hallelujah, gets blessed in the inward part of my being, the real me, that part has been born again. Glory to God. And so, you know, uh, it's important for us, you know, to work through whatever it is that we might be afraid of and, and whatever it is that maybe we've been told that this doesn't apply. Why would Jesus, let me ask you, that, why would Jesus tell his disciples to wait in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of my Father, if it wasn't important? Huh? No, I'll tell you, the reason a lot of people don't take advantage of being filled with the Holy Ghost, and, and this is simply it, they're afraid. People are afraid of what they don't understand. But that's what faith is really all about when it comes to your life and mine before God. Jesus, I don't understand this, but dude, I'm in. Huh? Show me. Teach me. You know, whatever. You know? How many of you know God doesn't lie? How many of you know he'll never give you something that, you know, will hurt you? In Luke, you know, the Bible says, you know, which of you being a father, if his son asks uh, a bread, he'll give him a stone. Or if he were to ask for a fish, he would give him a serpent. He said, then, if you know uh, how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father give the Holy Ghost to those that ask him? Huh? So in other words, God's not going to give you something that's weird or demonic or whatever, you know, them tongues are of the devil. They're not of the devil. They're of God. You know, and if I was a devil, I'd make sure you didn't get it if I can. And the only way I can do that is to deceive you into thinking it's not real. It's not, you know, for today. It's not whatever. I mean, I don't know. Whatever it is that people think these days. Not important. Maybe they think it's not important. My God in heaven, I can't, I can't even imagine living life without the Holy Ghost. Huh? Why? Because when the negative report comes, thank God I don't have to react and jump off the cliff you know, when I hear whatever it's said, but rather I can take and look to the inside of me where he resides and I can respond to it in a proper way that the Spirit of God gives me guidance for. Hallelujah. You know, when the Bible says fear not, it's nice to have the Holy Ghost in you to do it. Huh? Amen. You know, when you got him, you don't have to be afraid of nothing. Isn't that right? You know, I remember, you know, as a kid growing up, I was an underclassman. You know, if, if you ever got to hang out with the upperclassmen, it was kind of like, you're just kind of like strutting your stuff, you know, like, hey, buddy, look at me. I am something else. Why did I think that? Because I was with them. Well, if you got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, you can do the same thing, glory to God, and it'll be true. Are you with me? Everybody say it again. Thank God, Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Is it really 10 minutes after 8? Holy buckets. 
I have so much more I'd like to tell you. People, okay, let's close. Let's close. Shall we close? Let's close. Yeah, we got to close. I know you don't want to, but uh, the church workers will be glad. Hallelujah. Sometimes people have been prayed to be filled with the Spirit and didn't get a manifestation of it. And then they, they go away, you know, disappointed and, and not understanding, you know. And sometimes in the context of that, the reason that people do that is, is they, don't, they don't really know how to, qua- they don't know how to yield or, qua- they don't even know what they're really looking for. You know what I'm saying? Because we function so out of our mind and this doesn't come out of your mind. It comes out of your spirit. It comes out of the real you, okay? And so, you know, their, their thoughts will be, Something on the order of, well, you know, God's just going to, you know, overwhelm me. He's just going to take me over, and then all of a sudden I'm going to start speaking and, and so on and so forth. But that's not the way it works at all. Remember the verse of Scripture we talked about there in Acts chapter 2 and verse 4. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak. The Holy Ghost gave them the utterance, but they were the ones doing the speaking. So when it comes to being filled with the Holy Ghost, you know, you're the one that's going to do the speaking. God's not going to like overwhelm you, overtake you, you know, and take, you know, absolute. Because you can, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you can pray in the Spirit or in other tongues at will whenever you want. Are you with me? Okay, help me out here. You know. And then another part of that is, is that, you know, um, is that when it comes to being filled with the Spirit of God, you have to receive it. Are you with me? Again, God's not going to take you over. He's not going to force anything upon you. You have to say, Father, I receive what it is that you have for me, and I thank you for filling me with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So when you say, I receive, you got to give them a little chance to fill you. And then you're the one that begins to do the speaking, thank God, and you can pray with other tongues, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, again, I wish I had hours to talk more about this with you, but I'm telling you what, this is a dimension of, of, of something that God has given to you as a believer that he wants you to enjoy, that he wants you to experience. Hallelujah. So I encourage you, praise God, you know, on the basis of what the Bible says, like we, we looked at here in Jeremiah chapter 31 and then also in Joel chapter 2, you know, these two different experiences of being born of the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, that you get filled with the Holy Ghost. Are you listening to me? So anyway... Praise God. Those of you that are watching by, by uh, internet, we want to thank you for being a part of what it is that we've talked here about tonight. If you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, let me encourage you, praise God, to find somebody that is and tell them you want some of that and have them pray for you, lay hands on you so that you can get filled with the Spirit. So God bless you. We'll look forward to seeing you this Sunday. Hallelujah. Now back to you. Let's everybody stand. Hallelujah. I want to cut them loose so that we could do our thing. Hallelujah. If you haven't been filled with the Spirit, Uh, I think I've given you enough arsenal to go ahead and be filled with the Holy Ghost tonight. Amen. Maybe you got prayed for and you didn't, you know, you didn't receive what it is that God, you know, wanted for you. But hallelujah. God wants you to have the full dimension of his grace and his blessing in your life. Now, one other thing before we do that, before we pray for people to be filled with the Holy Ghost, 
I want to. I want you just to bow your heads and close your eyes here for a moment. You know what's really? Um, I mean, as much as that dimension of our spiritual life is so important, more importantly, is that you've been born again, and that you're a child of God, and that as I described earlier, you recognize that you need Him to come into your life and be the Lord of your life, and that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. So while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around, we're not here to embarrass you at all. But I tell you what, if you've never been born again, and you'd say by your uplifted hand, Pastor, would you pray for me? I just, I've got an interest in your prayer. I want to know him like you talked about. I want to have me some of this, and I want to give him all my heart, all my life, and all my soul. If there's anyone here tonight, again, while your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, and you'd say by your uplifted hand, Pastor, would you pray for me? Let me see your hand right now, wherever you might be. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Anybody else? You know, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Maybe you're away from God. Maybe, you know, you just, you know, been banging around, you know, and this and that and the other. And you're saying, man, I need to get back into the sheepfold. I need to get back where I belong. If you're a person here tonight and you find yourself to be in that place, now's a good time. Anyone by your uplifted hand say, Pastor, I want to get right. Okay, here's one. Anybody else? Number two. Anybody else? Number three. All right, good, good. God bless you, all of you. Thank you for, your, for this kind of a decision that you're making. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, while your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, we're all going to pray, church, together with these that have raised their hands. We're going to lead them in a prayer. Hallelujah. Those of you that raised your hand, you let your heart agree with what it is that, that uh, you uh, responded to here. And I tell you what, God's going to meet you right where you're standing. And he's going to make a completely different person out of you in just a moment. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come tonight without reservation. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. You said in your word that if I would ask that you would for no reason turn me away. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I give you all of my heart, all of my soul, and all of my mind. And I thank you, Lord, for making me a new person. In Jesus' name, amen.